All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the preview episode for the Blue Brothers Sportscast. We get to get back into things with preview for both Michigan and the Lions this weekend. So we've got plenty of football to talk about. We will jump right into it. We talked about the Lions uh, coming off of last weekend, so we will go ahead and uh, right after the transition here talk about uh, the Lions matchup for this coming weekend. Get to have our lines expert here take over things uh, as he discusses the upcoming game of the Lions on the road against the Eagles. Currently, right now, it has the over under of 48, and the Eagles are favored by seven points. Take it away, Brandon. Uh, yeah, like you said, the game is in Philly. It's going to be at 1 p.m. on Fox. Um, you know, the typical time, typical channel for the Lions. Um, yeah, the oh man, Philadelphia, they had some unfortunate injuries this past week. Uh, so they might be without their first two wide receivers. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was leading the team. Um, and I believe he was top five in the league currently for receiving yards. Um, he went down with a groin injury and then Elshon Jeffrey went down to a calf injury. Um, no real word on either one of those guys yet as of today, but you know, it's possible that Philly might be playing without either of those guys. Um, you know, the, the Eagles still have Zach Ertz. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, if those two receivers are down, they're going to be relying probably pretty heavily on him. Uh, their second tight end, um, Dallas Goddard, he is also hurt. Um, and they will be without him, I hear. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz is the quarterback. He's coming back into his, I believe, third season. Uh, he's another guy. He's He's a little up and down sometimes, but, you know, shows a lot of potential. Uh, before he went down with an injury in his rookie year, he was playing really well. Um, actually, that team went on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Wentz, he's he's a pretty good player. Uh, I mean, but without weapons, you know, with Jackson and, and uh, Jeffrey both being out, he might have a little harder time. He does still have Nelson Aguilar, who has played pretty well. The last couple weeks, um, last week he had over 100 yards receiving. So he'll, him and Ertz will probably be the main targets. Uh, at running back, they have Jordan Howard. He was former Bears, so Lions fans should be pretty familiar with him. Uh, they also have the rookie Miles Sanders from Penn State. Uh, they'll be splitting the carries, but the running game has been rather ineffective for the Eagles. You know, neither one of those guys have gone over 100 yards yet, so. So it's like a Lions team. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think they totaled 100 yards last week, but neither neither guy is really averaging too much or, you know, really, really showing out this year. Um, Yeah, I think the number one guy that the Lions are going to have to look out for is Ertz. the Eagles' defense is pretty solid. Uh, they got Fletcher Cox in the middle. Um, that dude, he he's good. Um, he's a very good pass rusher from the middle. Uh, you know, they got some other other quality players on that defense. Um, they got some good players in the secondary. Uh, the Lions should have a little hard time with the Eagles, even if they're missing those players, just because, you know, the Lions, the Lions uh, offense has kind of sputtered a little bit. Uh, they did enough to win last week, but in no way was it a definitive win, I guess. Uh, you know, they had a little hard time. Uh, on the 
defensive side of the ball, the Eagles have uh, Darby. He's a pretty good defensive back. They also have Brandon Graham, um, familiar name for Michigan fans there. Uh, you know, he's starting to get up there in age, but he's still a really good player. Um, they also have Vinnie Curry, another um, another good quality player there on the defensive line. That's really their strength, and it's really not a surprise because their defensive coordinator is Jim Schwartz, another familiar name for Lions fans. Uh, hey. You know, when he was a you know he was the coach of the Lions. That was his main thing is he wanted to have that strong defensive line, and you know he did have that in Detroit with uh, you know and Dominican Sue and Nick Fairley, you know guys like that. So you know he's got that again with the Eagles, one of the better units in the league. You know, they got some other guys on their team, like Malcolm Jenkins is another impact player there to, in the secondary. So, you know, it's not going to be super smooth sailing for the Lions, but, you know, both of those receivers are out. The Lions, I believe, do have a chance. And I said the last episode when you jokingly said maybe every team will be at their worst when they play the Lions. Um, it's kind of shaping up that way. Yeah, it seems like the Eagles are almost trying to make it happen. Yeah, and with the Cardinals, like the Lions didn't have to worry about Patrick Peterson because he is suspended. So, you know, that opened up the passing game a little bit more. Um, you know, against the Chargers, the Chargers had all those key injuries. So that really helped the Lions. Uh, and again, with the Eagles, um, you know, the injuries that I mentioned, you know, that that's only going to help the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. Man, gosh, it's going to be, I feel like we're just getting set up for another weekend where it's a mess, it's chaos, and there is no, uh, you know, definitive direction for the Lions. Like, mm-hmm. they could very well win, but it's still going to be like, what is this Lions team? We still don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's that way most of the year, every year. Uh, you really don't know what to expect. Or when you think you finally know, then they take like a complete 180. True. Yeah, you definitely. Know, they start off hot and then just sputter. Or they start off really bad and then they pick it up towards the end of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the way it always is for Lions. Uh, another factor going into the game is it's going to be in Philly. And, dude, Philly fans are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to say that they're passionate is uh, kind of an understatement. I mean, I lived in, in Philadelphia for a little while, so you know, kind of got to see some of it firsthand. Uh, basically, when you live in Philly, it's not acceptable to be a fan of any other team other than the Philadelphia teams. Did you ever wear your Lions stuff? Uh, yeah, and then, like, I remember people saying, like, hey, why are you wearing, like, this? And, like, well, you know, I'm from Michigan. Like, yeah, but now you live here, so now you have to be, you know, (laughs) a a Phillies fan or or an Eagles fan. (laughs) And I actually remember one time going to the mall with my roommate, and, uh, you know, I had a Flyers shirt on, because, you know, I always kind of liked the Flyers, um, you know, like the way they played and everything. And that day they beat the Penguins in the playoffs and eliminated the Penguins. And we went to like the biggest mall there. It was in King of Prussia, which is a suburb of Philly. Um, that mall, it's it's been in some movies and like TV shows. Like it was on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's it's a huge mall. It's on like two sides of an expressway. There's like a bridge that you walk across. But I remember walking through the mall and just like people giving me high fives and like, um, like fist pumping at me and like, <laughs> and I remember going on that the, the part where you walk over the the highway going to the other side of the mall and there was this group of girls that were coming out of a bar and they're like oh yeah flyers and then they like had to stop and like talk to us about the game and then they gave us a hug and kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> you're and my hero. Just, I don't know the way to. Yeah, and people get like excited if you tell them you're going to a Phillies game or something like that. It's it's kind of funny, um, you know. They're super passionate. They're like a one big like dysfunctional family, <laughs> <laughs> it, but they're it's funny because they're also like quick to turn on their team and on their players. They're, oh, they're kind of yeah. hard to explain. You just have to like experience it. 
but yeah, I mean, it can be uh, Lincoln Financial Field can be a, a tough place to play sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, well, anywhere for the Lions can be a difficult place to play. So, but um, yeah, they um, going back to how we we're saying or how you said the Lions will come sometimes be like, this is who we are for first like five or six games and then they completely do a 180 um it just seems like now it's not even just how the lines perform but the fact that as we've been saying week in and week out now they're not even playing real teams because of Mm -hmm. injuries and contracts and things of that nature so i i don't even know like even after when we talk about this game afterwards i don't i don't even know I know it's really hard to figure out. And I mean, this is kind of what your like first year of actively following the lions. Well, I mean, I actively follow them, but I never to the degree that I follow Michigan football. And yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to get better, you know, know the players, know some schemes and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then also, you know, there's a big difference between watching it and then watching it with the purpose of being able to talk about it. Yeah, and so watch uh, the other two games. It's just kind of like, what? How do I process this? It's almost <laughs> like having watched. Uh, if you had to watch Michigan State, Arizona State, back to back weeks, and be like, okay, tell us, you know, dissect this. It's like, um, <laughs> it sucked. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> I made this comparison today to someone at work uh, because they asked me if I was happy that the Lions won. And I'm like, you know what? Have you ever seen Wayne's World? And there's a part where um, they, you know, the, the one company sponsors a show and they put them like in this big studio and they have like the new intro, with, like the stupid corny version of their, their theme song. And the show starts off and Wayne says to Garth and he's like, uh, party on garth and he's like yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> you know it's <laughs> you know, it can be taken a good way you know things are things are looking a little bit better but it's just not you know where you want it to be i guess it's hard to be excited <laughs> about it yeah no that's that's a good example so uh yeah i don't um uh I don't know. I talked about last time. It's just like inconsistency too with the lines, just in general. Um, if I feel like if Stafford plays a play smarter this week, um, I think that they might do all right. Uh, I don't think that they can get away with, um, turning the ball over very often. Uh, especially being on the road against a team like Philly. So if they take care of the ball, if the defense does well, I mean, it just seems like I'm a little surprised. I know it doesn't take a lot of points to get up to uh, 48, but I kind of feel like with the way the lines have been performing and the way that uh, we – the first two weeks have been, you know, defensive struggles, mm-hmm. battles, I guess I should say, that I am a little surprised that they're putting it at 48 because, I mean, if I was a gambling person, I would totally go under. Now, granted, of course, I'm not saying, <laughs> telling people to do that because the lines are super inconsistent. So <laughs> this could very well be the week that they put up, like, 40 points for whatever stupid reason. Yeah, Um <laughs> My dad told me a long time ago, don't ever bet on the Lions. Because if you bet on them to lose, they'll win. And if you bet on them to win, they'll lose. <laughs> He's like, that's always the way it's going to be. So don't ever bet on the Lions. Sounds like you may have learned from personal experience. <laughs> Most likely. Who? Um, so where do you think that the Lions will maybe have the most success against Philadelphia? Um, defensive, offensive, 
passing, rushing? Uh, I mean, if the Eagles don't have those two receivers, I would say, you know, the Lions defense should play pretty well. I mean, with the Eagles not doing super great running the ball, uh, the Lions have done a pretty good job of holding other teams from running the ball. Uh, you know, they did a pretty good job against Eckler and Jackson last week and uh, against David Johnson week one. Um, you know, as far as the Lions on offense, you know, I don't see them being able to run the ball too well because, like I said, the Eagles have a pretty good defensive line. Um, I think they're going to have to try to to win it through the air. Uh, you know, Stafford's been pretty decent so far this year. And, uh, you know, the wide receivers they have and the tight ends, you know, might be the the X factor. Yeah, and I'm expecting Hawkinson to, to bounce back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, like I said, the Eagles do have a pretty decent secondary as well, but that defensive line is definitely their strength. So I feel like the Lions are going to have to come up maybe with some screens or something to help because I know that uh, Jim Schwartz likes to run a pretty aggressive defense with a lot of blitzes. You know, the screen might be a good way to take advantage of that. Yeah. Now, do you think that the um, defensive line for the Eagles is going to uh, be, you know, getting through a lot and knocking Safford down a lot, or is it just going to be causing havoc for the running game? Um, I could see a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I expected the Chargers to have a fair amount of sacks on Stafford and you know that wasn't that wasn't the case, so um, you know I don't really know what to expect. Uh, you know I expect the Eagles to probably stop the run more than they would get after Stafford, just because of how well the Lions' offensive line held up against the Chargers last mm-hmm. week. Because I would say that the Chargers have more like impact uh, pass rushers on the defense. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles do, and with Bosa and Ingram, and actually the Chargers didn't even have one sack against the Lions, which is kind of surprising, especially since the Lions starting off or left tackle was out and they had the backup in there, but he did pretty well. Yeah, I was surprised when you uh, told me there were no sacks. So, well done. Um, I. Now, so here's the little bit difference with me. Like, since I focus more on college, I spend time when I can to watch who Michigan is going to be playing. Like, so I've watched some stuff on Wisconsin uh, when Michigan played Army before. I had watched, um, yeah, I had watched their first game of the year um, and things of that nature. So I get prepared to kind of like see what they do. Uh, see what they're most successful at, what their strategy is a little bit, a little bit. Um, so when we talk professional, I don't get as much time to do that. So honestly, like I really don't know well what to expect from uh, the Eagles offense or their defense. From what I've gathered about looking at things, um, seeing uh, the results for both teams through the first two weeks. Um, My guess and kind of anticipation is that, like you said, that uh, passing will need to be emphasized and they'll need to do well. Um, I think they'll have to go outside a little bit to try to get away from that defensive line Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just – avoid as much as possible holding on to the ball very long running will probably not be very successful just get it out gain four or five yards and chip away at it but knowing how things will go with lines they'll pass down field a little bit too far and hopefully nothing bad will happen but <laughs> we are talking uh, about the lines. i also forgot that the eagles have darren sproles uh, he's a pretty good receiving back too, so he can do a little bit of everything. Um, 
He mostly just catches passes out of the backfield, but he can actually run as well. Uh, he's a, he's starting to get a little bit older, but he's still pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he might take on a bigger role too if those two receivers can't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely um, interesting because the lines will be lines, but Philly is definitely not completely itself, and I don't know. They could still beat up on the line. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of optimistic. But it, and now if this game was Lions versus healthy Eagles, I would definitely not feel the same. Yeah. So Yeah, I actually had the, this originally marked down as a loss for the Lions, but with all the injuries to the Eagles, you know, it's possible the Lions could win this one. Nice. Um, do you have any other uh, kind of final thoughts on everything? I know we'll be talking later about, you know, finishing with predictions and such, but uh, any other important things to mention? Um, I'm just kind of interested to see how Matt Prater bounces back after missing a field goal and an extra point this past week. Um, I know kickers are usually very mental, I guess. Um you know, if they start missing kicks, then it's kind of like a a landslide. Um, but I am expecting him to bounce back. He is a pretty solid kicker, and he does have times where he'll miss one or, or two there here and there. But I'm interested to see this time how he bounces back. No, no, fair point for sure. I mean, gosh, you know, how old is he? I mean, it's just kind of like how, how long is he going to go? He's definitely got the ability still, though. Yeah, he's in, he's in his thirties. I can't remember how old he is. I was oh, really? probably oh. mid thirties. Oh, okay, I thought he was closer to forty. But okay, I'm actually going to look that up right now. Uh, maybe you're thinking of Jason Hansen that they had before Prater. Oh, he was like almost in his mid forties. <laughs> yeah, Prater is thirty five. Okay, all right. Maybe he looks old. Gosh, it's getting weird talking about players when they're like, I mean, I know, of course, when you get when you're in college and everything, players are the same, like, or the age you are, and then you graduate and a lot of the NFL players are the same. But it's just thinking that, like, you're the age that is getting to the point where it's like NFL players are old. Right. If we were running backs, we'd be done already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're usually sure. the first to go, but by the time they hit thirty, they're they're about shot. Yeah. Hmm. Well Yeah, that'll make it feel old. Uh you good then? Or Yeah, let's move on to Michigan. All right, let us go ahead and do that. <laughs> All right, Michigan football is back. I can say I'm excited. Um, so here this weekend, we have undefeated number 11 Michigan, the underdog on the road at number 13 Wisconsin, also undefeated. Michigan is, oh, I got a, Sorry, I think I just got updated because I had uh, was a three-point underdog, but I think they are three-and-a-half-point underdog. So let me confirm that. <sighs> but, but, yep, three. Uh, my app says three-and-a-half, so we'll go with that. Um, so some interesting stuff here, and I cannot attest to say that I am the uh, genius who has put this information together. Uh, specifically here because this is really good information. So I've mentioned his name before. If you don't uh, follow Drew Hallett, if I got the last name correct, um, on Twitter, you're not doing yourself a favor uh, as a Michigan sports fan because he has a lot of great information and he shared this. So I want to share it with listeners. Um, Last time Michigan was an underdog was 2017 versus Ohio State. Uh, they are 
there are six games that Michigan has been an underdog under Harbaugh since he has coached Michigan, and all six of those games are losses. Mm-hmm. Michigan has not beaten Wisconsin in Madison since 2001. They have played four other games in Wisconsin since that win. So thank you, Drew, for making us feel all nice, warm, and fuzzy inside. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually talking to Craig about this on Friday. um, And he was saying um, that he's really not expecting Michigan to win. Yeah. He had brought up all those points. He probably saw that tweet and was talking about it. But... um, yeah, because I remember him saying to me, he's like, when's the last time Michigan has won in Wisconsin? And I'm like, I don't even remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about final thoughts when it gets that time of show. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so that was information from Jiro. Great stuff. Um, I probably would not have come up with that, with that on my own. But uh, moving along. Both, as I said, Michigan and Wisconsin are coming in uh, 2-0. So both are coming off of bye weeks, interestingly enough. Uh, Wisconsin is actually averaging 55 points a game, while its defense has pitched two shutouts for their first games. So 55 points, uh, averaging 55 points where while their opponents are averaging zero. Um, I mean, I throw a lot of stats here at uh, at you guys at the beginning. So Michigan is averaging 32 points a game while their opponents are averaging 21. Uh, comparing a few things here, we've got Wisconsin with a total of 1,034 yards. And they have only allowed their opponents to put up 215 yards. Now, granted, uh, they have played South Florida and CMU. CMU only put up a total of 58 yards. So that's kind of how they wound up where they are. Um, Michigan has totaled 793 yards, while their opponents have uh, put up a total of 544 uh, to kind of compare their uh, offenses, Mich- uh, Wisconsin has thrown over 600 passing yards and rushed for 433. Michigan has thrown for 452 and rushed for 341. So a little bit surprised to see that Wisconsin has more passing yards. It's a little surprised to see that. Um, as yeah, far as because I mean, they're usually a, a ground and pound school, yeah, and they still are. And but they do have probably one of the better looking quarterbacks, uh, than what they've had in years past. However, reminder they have played against CMU and South Florida, mm-hmm. uh, it's not that difficult to get a quarterback to look good against schools like that. So, um how they have been scoring their touchdowns. Uh, Wisconsin has five passing touchdowns while nine rushing five total or five of those rushing touchdowns have been by Jonathan Taylor. I believe a total of eight touchdowns have been by Jonathan Taylor. So five rushing three um, passing. I think I saw something that Wisconsin shared saying that, he is still the only player through three weeks, even though he's only played two games, that has a total that has accounted for a total of eight touchdowns. Wow. Um, Michigan has three passing touchdowns with five rushing touchdowns. And getting, of course, to probably one of the key things that will af- uh, affect the outcome of the game, turnovers. In two games, Wisconsin has had two turnovers, while Michigan has had five. So that's it, five. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, they, how many, they've had how many fumbles though? Oh gosh, um, I don't. Five hundred forty-seven. Wait a minute, I can actually probably find this out because I have this really nifty. If you guys are looking for stats, uh, there's a really great site, uh, CFB Stats. Oh, yeah, I go there all the time. 
Yep. So good stuff. Uh, fumbles. Whoops. Aw. Do they not just have fumbles? Oh, wait. Here we go. Sir Fumbles. Uh, sure. Oh, they're only counting lost. Oh, wait, no, that's turnovers. So they've had five fun fumbles and two interceptions. Wait, no. Oh, no, no interceptions. What am I talking about? So what? Oh, I don't know. My God. I don't know. Okay, I just recommend We've had a lot of fumbles. <laughs> this this site sucks. They've had a lot of fumbles, sucked. in other yes, words. They, ha- they have had a lot of fumbles. And they apparently have only lost five, but they had way more than that. I thought that information was on here, but I can't read. So, anyways. Um, yeah, that's this all sounds like fun. Um, some key things to talk about. Um, Wisconsin is still Wisconsin, as many people know, and as Brandon was saying, uh, ground and pound game. Uh, they always seem to have some ridiculous, stupid running back that is always on the cusp of a Heisman season. And I, they, I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, Alabama knows how to poop out football players, but somehow Wisconsin knows how to always poop out, uh, an amazing running back. Yeah, that's they always true. have. They have Alabama's un- kind of the same way too with running backs. Well, they just like are with football players in general, really. Yeah, like, insane. But uh, but yeah, the uh, Wisconsin is known for linemen and one good running back. <laughs> so uh, this year, it's well. I mean, it's been Jonathan Taylor for a, a little while, and he is definitely off to a hot start. Like we said, eight. Um. Accounted for eight touchdowns. Um, now, of course, I, I'm now I'm going to say this because, yeah, sure, Michigan played against Middle Tennessee, but um, South Florida and CMU have not exactly looked too competitive in general, but especially against Wisconsin. So it, it's kind of tough to say going into this exactly how good Wisconsin is. Um, cause what, uh, wasn't it even last year when Wisconsin had the strong start, relatively strong start, but then they lost Michigan and then it was like a down spiral after that. They finished eight and five, I think it was. So yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, cause I mean, pretty much all they had was, was Taylor. I mean, yeah. Hornerbrook was the quarterback and, and he didn't play well against Michigan and that was just kind of downhill after that. Yeah, I can't remember where he went, but yeah, he's not there anymore. Their quarterback is uh, an- another key player to talk about, Jack Cohn, C O A N. Yeah, that's how I took it. I haven't been able to watch Wisconsin, so I'm just assuming that's how you uh, yeah. pronounce his name. I, uh, Actually, there's people listening to this to be like, "Wow, you guys are idiots." I know, I know. I'm I'm perfectly prepared for that every single week, every single episode. So. Lay it on, lay it on. Uh, I was a little intent on watching the game and not really listening. I was kind of watching what they were doing, not listening to the announcers as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a junior quarterback. Uh, he's got seventy six percent completion uh, so far, five touchdown passes and no interceptions. So he's doing pretty decent again. Um, Definitely can say that he has not faced a defense, definitely not a secondary on the level of Michigan's. Mm. So take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying, you know, that guarantees anything, but that's always something to take into account. Um, Something definitely worth mentioning uh, is they lost a bunch of offensive linemen from last year. And so that will be one of them is actually on the Lions right now. Hey, yeah, Bo Benchel. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, but they do have a lot of experience in their linebacker core. Their linebacker core has really put up some pretty good numbers in two weeks. Um, they have five linebackers with six or more tackles, four, four with four or more solo tackles. And so two names that you'll probably hear a lot on Saturday are Zach Bond and Mike Mascalunas. There you go. I'm going to go with that. Because um, <laughs> they are two linebackers who have accounted for a lot of the uh, tackles for the Badgers. So uh, that will have an impact on the Michigan running game. I don't know how successful that's going to be. There's been some issues with the first two games on how effective the offensive line can push for and block for the run game. So with Mm -hmm. that experience with the linebacking core, uh, Charbonnet might not be able to get very far, but I, I, I'm going to say it now and I'll probably talk about it later. I think there's going to have to be an emphasis on uh, on attacking the edges because the linebackers might be able to uh, stuff any gaps that the uh, offensive line tries to create at the line, but uh, time will tell. So key things for Michigan. I think the key thing, I know some people have said some different stuff, but it's just like, I don't know how you cannot go back to the quarterback because we talked about it before. I know it's been a while because they had the bye week, but it really, so much of it is coming down on the quarterback because yeah, people are just like, Oh, the RPO doesn't look that great. They didn't really, weren't really that effective. They had to use Charbonnet so much last time against army. It's like, well, yeah, because, um, uh, Patterson, they have said, uh, got, uh, banged up in the middle Tennessee game, but apparently not enough that they didn't think that he shouldn't play against army which, okay, say what you want to, but there were distinct times in that game where he did not look good throwing, not saying that he wasn't doing a good job like trying to hit receivers. It's just like his mechanic, his motion Mm -hmm. did not look good. Uh, And he was way off on some of his passes. But then besides that, he has not uh, been able to hold on to the ball very well. So if there's any question going into that, that's a huge concern this week. Um. And also some of his decision-making has been questionable on when to hold on to the ball or when to hand it off. Right. So, so many things like the quarterback in an RPO is so crucial because of decision-making. It's not like calling a play and just simply doing a handoff. It's reading things at the line of scrimmage. So if you're already not making good decisions, that's a huge detriment right there. But if you do not feel comfortable holding on to the ball and running with it when the opportunity presents itself, then you should not have that quarterback in the game. Right. So I'm not here to vote for saying that I think McCaffrey is a better quarterback overall. But what I am saying is, if Patterson is not doing well and is he's not 100 percent, and if he doesn't feel like he can uh, is comfortable running the ball because he might get more banged up, put him put in McCaffrey then, because you just need some consistency and you need to be able to have all those options. Essentially, I feel like against Army they were limiting themselves because Patterson was not. did not appear like he was comfortable doing everything because he was banged up. They said he was banged up. So like, this is not pulling stuff out of thin air. This is going off of what they said and watching him play in that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something was obviously off. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing too, is just like, it doesn't, it's not a a decision like that. Yeah. You know, the coach, the coaches can make the decision on that, but also at the same time, it's just kind of like, you need to not get in the way of your team winning the game. Like if you realize I'm not comfortable when I am doing the option of handing off the ball or taking it myself, 
and it is in my thought process at all to just hand it off because I do not feel comfortable keeping myself because I'm hurting or because I'm worried I'm going to drive the ball. That is you hurting your team. So I, I'm not saying all of that is what's going on, but some of the stuff that you saw from that army game definitely makes you question that. So of course, uh, Charbonnet is going to be a key factor because the passing game is going to be big. Pray to God that they utilize people more, especially like um, Nico Collins, because he's such an anchor. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be open all the time, but you got to target him sometimes. You got to draw up some plays specifically for him because he is such a reliable receiver. Um, but to be able to keep the passing game open, the running game has to be effective. So hopefully Charbonnet is able to get some stuff done. Um, don't expect to see the same thing that you saw against Army where he's going to be uh, running, 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 running and putting up three touchdowns, especially on the road against a team like Wisconsin. Um, say what you want to about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yes, it would be great to have him back. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm hopeful that he's back. And yes, he would be great to add to the wide receivers, but still, you need to be effective and make wise decisions in the passing game to be able to utilize people like him. Now, granted, he brings a couple uh, interesting things to the mix that the other wide receivers don't, where he does some of the <clears throat> sweeps and uh, <clears throat> attacking the edges and things like that. So, yeah, he, he has some more versatility, but they just need to be effective with it. Um, another key thing for Michigan will be the defensive line. Uh, because obviously we talked about Jonathan Taylor for um, the Badgers. And so the defensive line, which has been looking pretty good. I mean, they faced the tricky triple option last uh, last game they were in. If they can keep it up and do well, uh, I mean, it should be less complicated than their last opponent. But let's face it, uh, an explosive running back like Taylor is not going to be easy to handle. So hopefully they will be able to step up to that challenge. But I think the biggest question with this game is going to be the turnovers. So, yeah, all that spitball of information. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if they can limit the the turnovers, um, that's really going to help them. I mean, geez, the last couple games... Shouldn't have been as close as what they were if it wasn't for the dang turnovers. Yeah. And even if uh, I I don't want to say at all, like turnovers are okay or want turnovers, but it's just like if turnovers happen, at least do it on the other side of the field. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like 90%, if not all the turnovers that Michigan has had has been on the wrong side of the field, like giving the other team a short field advantage. So, you know, that if, if that happens against Wisconsin, I they I don't see how they can come back from that. Not with the limited offense that they've had. Do I think the offensive offense might be better this week? Yes. Um, but not good enough to come back from, you know, multiple turnovers against a team like Wisconsin. Unless Wisconsin just like craps the bed basically and ties Michigan for how many turnovers there are. Right. So yeah, it's uh how well no, you were talking about that. You weren't uh well no, you were specifically talking about Craig, weren't you, about how comfortable going into this game? Yeah, he was um he's kind of expecting a loss. <laughs> From the sounds of it, from the little bit I talked to him about the game. Yeah, what about yourself? Um, Just general. I really don't know what to expect. Um, Obviously, you know, they didn't play very well against Army and, you know, expect a little bit more against Middle Tennessee. Um, But I feel like Wisconsin's Offense is going to be a little bit easier to handle for Michigan mm-hmm. uh, than Army. I mean, Army's got all that trickery in there and the 
just that offense just can just wear you down. Yeah. But Wisconsin also has a way better defense than either of the teams that Michigan has played. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's going to be tough going. Yeah, I'll be very interested because um, I was saying, you know, their quarterback, this is going to be the best defense he's seen, the best secondary. So, yeah, if they can really limit him, you know, pressure him, make him uncomfortable, you know, break up his passes, if they could, you know, force some interceptions, that would be great. But, you know, just cause enough havoc for the passing game that they just rely on the running game. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be big for them because – then that can really, you know, limit the diversity of their plays, focus in on Taylor, wear him down more than he's been worn down yet this season. Um, so, because he, uh, I mean, honestly, his numbers are not huge. I mean, other than his touchdowns, but it's just like, I think he's just been averaging over 100 yards a game. Like, it, it's nothing like too crazy or anything because he doesn't have to be in there, you know, super long. And he's already right. had huge numbers. So, uh, as far as like touchdowns and uh, things of that nature, so um, maybe they can wear him down, get him really tired, and things like that. So, uh, I mean, there were good plays from South Florida on stopping Taylor, but you know, just the longevity of the game too. They're just not. I mean, yeah, they were playing in Florida, so you can say what you want to about the weather, but they're not to the physical level that Wisconsin is. So in the second half, they couldn't keep up. They couldn't push around the Badgers like they were getting pushed around. So yeah. uh, it's n- no big to a surprise about that. So um, part of it, yeah, I'll, I'll put in too that it's like conditioning. As long as like Michigan doesn't get burnt out and can keep up and everything. I mean, I feel pretty good about it. And like the, Wisconsin has more strength in some areas, like physical strength. Uh, but Michigan does have some pretty good speed. So hopefully it can, you know, work, work itself out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's optimism, but after, the way that things went with offense against army, it's definitely got me to the stage of like, okay, show me, don't tell me. So I will definitely have some interesting thoughts to mention with the predictions for this week when it comes to Michigan. But did you have any other thoughts before we, we do, we are kind of, kind of run long. So we need to jump into the predictions. Um, not really. I mean, um, yeah, you kind of mentioned all the stuff that I had written down here. Uh, the only thing that I've got that you didn't have was uh, receiver at Wisconsin, uh, Quintez Cephas. He mm-hmm. had a big game versus versus Central. He had over 100 yards. Yeah, uh, He didn't really do much their first game against USF. So, you know, we'll see if that, that Central game was just a, a fluke or, you know, if he's someone with some talent that has, that's broken out for Wisconsin. We'll have to see. Nice. All right. You ready for uh, final predictions and thoughts then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's hit it up. All right. Let's close things out with the hottest of hot takes getting hot up in her <laughs> i should never say that again um <laughs> uh we'll go ahead and follow suit as we did with our previews and we will begin with the lions being plus seven on the road playing the eagles over under a 48 brandon hit me up with your prediction Oh man, I feel like both of these games are tough to kind of pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what to expect. We talked about that with the Lions, um, and I feel like if I just pick them to lose, they'll win. And you know, I want them to win, so I'm gonna say it's gonna be kind of a low-scoring, close game. But I'm gonna go with the Eagles taking it. I'm going to go with 
24 to 17. 24 to 17 Eagles. Yeah, not super high scoring. Uh, you know, not, you know, a Michigan State, Arizona State, boring, <laughs> boring game of field goals. But, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, it all kind of depends on if those two receivers can play for the Eagles. But I still think the Eagles defense is going to be a little tough for the Lions. All right. Uh, I'm going to go and switch things up a little bit. And I will say Lions win. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Lions win in another weird um, fashion with a score of 20 to 14. So 20 to 14, another low scoring going with under as uh, the Lions head down to Philly. So I just think with these weird injuries and things like that and the weird things that the Lions have been doing that they might keep it going. So go Lions. All right. All right, so Michigan then. We've got Michigan uh, underdogs as well with the plus three and a half at Wisconsin. Uh, if I didn't mention before, new game on Fox. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Since it's, um, yeah, since it's the Michigan game, I am, uh, like I said, in the phase of show me, don't tell me. I really did not believe I was going to be doing this this early in the season. Um, and I do not really care much at all about the history of things, like how long it's taken to blah, 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 whatever, unless you're talking about the lines because the lines are just like that. But with Michigan, I don't care how long it's been, if they've won in Madison or not. Uh, that does not sway my prediction but i do have michigan losing 21 to 20 at wisconsin so brandon what say you (laughs) i also has it have it as a pretty close game um and i'm i've been in the show me don't tell me since they hired Gaddis, and we were hearing um, great things about how the offense is going to change. We've both have been in that boat. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's been nothing so far uh, to convince me. And like I said to you, you know, during the Army game, we're running the same plays as last year, just out of a different formation. Yeah. And, man. It's going to be a very tough game for Michigan. I also have them losing. Um, but I have the score as uh, 17 to 14, Wisconsin. Ooh, I think okay. it's going to be kind of a defensive struggle. Uh, I do expect Taylor to have a halfway decent game. Um, Michigan's defense, it kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah, they're, you know, they're... last year there was such a strength, and then this year they seem to be struggling a little bit. And I don't know what the deal is with the coaching lately that they've just been making a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, not taking that that field goal towards the end of the game that would have given the, given them the lead, and they went for it mm-hmm. and didn't get it. Uh, just kind of stupid things like that. And you know, I mentioned the last time we talked about Michigan that, you know, it was like fourth and one Army's going for it. And Michigan throws out there a three, three, five. It's just things like that, that just frustrate me mm-hmm. and things I can't really trust just because they happen all the time. So, you know, I have to give this to Wisconsin. I really hope Michigan wins, but I just, I can't see it happening. Not with what we've, we've seen so far this season. Yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, if if it looks the same, then it's just, like, screwed. 
but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll see if anything looks different. All right, well, moving along, then we got our locks of the week. Uh, start with the NFL, so we'll go to the NFL. Brandon, what's your game lock of the week for somebody with the spread? Uh, we talked about this a little bit and how tough it is to pick this week. Um, like <laughs> when you first asked me, I'm like, who uh, are the are the Dolphins playing? <laughs> <laughs> And you said it was, you know, the Cowboys with a 21-point spread. And I don't know if I feel strong enough in the Cowboys to go with that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I have to kind of look elsewhere. Like I said, I don't really know what to expect with the Lions. Let me think for a second here. Kind of looking things over. It's, it's a really tough one this week because, like I said, there's a lot of... You know, there's a lot of bad teams playing bad teams and a lot of good teams playing good teams. Uh, a little hard to figure out this week. Um, you know, there's there's no line yet on the Patriots and Jets because, you know, the Jets were just finishing up their game. Yeah, kind of tough. I think that... You know, I think Houston is going to beat the Chargers by more than three. Okay. You know, the Chargers still are going to have some injuries. Uh, they didn't look very good against the Lions, and I think that the Texans are better than the Lions. So I think that they'll win by more than three. Okay. All right, so Chargers not covering the negative three versus Houston. Um, I, I had a weird one, too, because we've got buys with uh, – with a couple teams, so there's not as many to select. And as we're getting into conference play, a lot of people are playing. Uh, a lot of Big Ten teams are playing against each other. Uh, but my Big Ten lock, I think I'm going to go. I know this sounds a little bit odd. I'm really torn. I don't really like any of these. But I'm going to take Ohio State not covering 39.5 over Miami, Ohio. Um, I know mm-hmm. Ohio State's been putting up some big numbers, but. Miami, Ohio's been scoring, you know, roughly around two touchdowns a game. So, I mean, if they put up 10 points, I mean, that means that they would have to score, you know, 50, 60 points, cover that. So, right. uh, so yeah, I just find that, I mean, they've been scoring in the 40s, uh, but usually they did bump up to 55 uh, last time. But, yeah, I think... I don't know. I don't think they're going to cover. Yeah, it's a pretty big spread to cover. Yeah, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, last things, last uh, question of the week then. Uh, Brandon, you got one for the Lions? Um, yeah. Uh, do you think that the Lions offensive line will keep the the Eagles under two sacks? So you think Stafford will be sacked less than two times? Okay. Uh, your prediction? Um, I I don't think so. I think the Eagles are going to get to him this week. Okay. Um. Yeah. I kind of that was my initial reaction too. So I'm going to go with no on that one as well. Uh, my question then for the Michigan game is: Will Michigan have less turnovers than Wisconsin? The big turnover question. Uh, I'll jump in real quick and I'll just say no. I I'm think I agree with you. <laughs> the controversy. Show me, don't tell me. Yes, exactly. I think they'll either have the same amount or Michigan will unfortunately win that competition, which that's not a good competition to win. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts or are we good to wrap things up? No, I think we're good to go. Okay. All right. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we are the, the home channel is on anchor soon. Everything is going to be stemming from anchor. We still have stuff on SoundCloud, but that clock is ticking on when that will end. So try to make the move over to anchor. If you are, already haven't, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, hanging out and, uh, sharing your thoughts about, uh, Michigan Alliance football with us on social media and our Facebook page. 
So we hope you guys have a good one and get to enjoy football this weekend. So we will catch you next time. Until then, go blue. Blue.